Matthew chapter 5. One text. Verse number 6. The scripture says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You may be seated. As the body has its natural appetites of hunger and thirst for food and drink, for its nourishment, so does the soul. This might sound like something I talked about a couple weeks ago, but we'll start off probably the same way, but we'll break off and go in a different direction. As the body depends for its nourishment, health, and strength upon the earth, so does the soul upon heaven. So our body need food from this earth to nourish it. But our soul, our inner man that you can't see, depends on the things from heaven to keep it going. Whatever God, or let me say it this way, whatever comes from God is eternal. The only thing that came from God in this world is your soul. Your body didn't come from God. It came from the dirt. Everything else in this world comes from something, but not from God. Is God responsible for its existence? Yes, but it didn't come from God. The Bible says God breathed into man's nostril and man became a living soul. So the thing that came from God that is in this earth is within your body that you can't see, your soul. That, because it came from the eternal God, is eternal. Heavenly things cannot support the body and earthly things cannot support the soul. When hunger takes place in the stomach, we know we must get food or we will perish. When the soul is awakened, to a sense of its needs and begins to hunger and thirst, we must feed it its proper food or it perish. It is important to point out that the two most urgent needs of the body are used to describe the craving of the soul. So the two most important thing that the body need is liquid, water, Liquid and food. That's the two most important things. But God decided to use those two important things, food and water, to describe how the body needs that. That's what the soul needs as well. And the soul should thirst and hunger just like the body thirsts and hunger. It is important to know that. Hunger and thirst are different, but they're both the language of deep desire. They're different, 
But when you say you're hungry, when you say you're thirsty, it means there's a deep desire for something to satisfy your thirst, to satisfy your hunger. Because I'm into sports, I always look at the different analogies in sports. And here's one. Some of you might know this, Brother Teddy. When an athlete is trying to make the pros and they go from high school to college and they go from college to the pros, people say they got there because they're hungry. Oh, man, he's hungry. Look at him. Look how he plays. He plays with intensity because he's hungry. And you know when they get hungry? The last year of their contract, they get even more hungry, right, Brother D? You know, they're, when they're on the last year of their contract, they get real hungry because they want a big contract. And then after they get the big contract, they're not so hungry anymore. Hunger, that deep desire of fulfillment. You, 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 you want this Great, you want fulfillment in your life. And so the, the, the only way to describe the desire passionately is to say hunger or thirst. That's what the Bible is talking about. I feel like God gave me a revelation last week, and that's what led to this message here that you will hear today. I feel like God gave a, a revelation to me. Uh, listen to this. Here's the revelation. In the church... There are hungry people, and there are people who aren't really hungry. There are believers, and there are those who gather facts about God and store them up. We can never be a believer without action. So watch what you're saying when you say, I'm a believer. That that became a a, a common theme that people would say, I'm a believer. And you can only be a believer if there's action behind what you say you believe. All of us, just look in your life and see what you believe in because you put some action behind it because you believed it so much. So we're going to say we're a believer. There must be actions behind it. Those who are hungry... They leave the church service changed. And those who aren't really hungry, they leave the church service with some factual information. I've entitled this sermon today, The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. Those who are hungry leave the church service blessed. But those who aren't really hungry leave the church service. Again, factual information. Oftentimes, our soul is crying out in hunger, but we feed our soul the wrong kind of food. Amen. I feel like the Lord this morning worked on me regarding this. Fasting. I know why we fast and there's different things about fasting, but listen to this one that the Lord dropped in my spirit this morning about fasting. Fasting is abstaining from any food, sometimes even from liquid. 
When you fast, it means that you're not eating, right? And so you're not eating. And if you fast long enough, when you stop eating and you start to feed the soul that's within you, you feel a different kind of connection than if you're eating and going about your regular day and trying to feed the soul within you. It's different. If you haven't experienced that, you have to fast for at least three days. I'm not telling you to go do it if you can't. Make sure you check with your doctors about all that stuff. But what I've discovered, teach this to people all the time, you ever want to feel the presence of God in your life like you've never felt it? No food for three days. And if you go no food for three days, but you're praying, of course you can't stop praying. You're praying, you're reading your Bible, you come to church, you fellowship with the, 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 the people of the faith. You will tap into a new dimension, a different dimension in God than if you just kept living your regular life and trying to get it done. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that the soul, the inner man, is desiring to be fed the right food. But what we have done in many occasions, instead of going down the path where the Lord is taking us, we do other things to fulfill that deep urge in us. We think it's something else, but it's really the Lord pulling us, saying, come this way. Come on and be with me. Uh, we don't want to be by ourselves at times. We want to always be in the mix. We want to always be in the know. We want to always be connected with people. And if we just want to be connected with people, it's going to be really difficult to get connected with Jesus. And so if we spend all of our time Facebooking, Snapchatting, tweeting, all the stuff that we do on social media, we're going to be feeding that exterior and not feeding that soul, the inner man that's in you. And what we don't realize is all of these things that we're doing, we're doing them in the stead of getting closer to Jesus. We're doing them in the stead of getting connected with Jesus. We're doing them in the stead of going deeper in a relationship with Christ. But we don't say that. We just go ahead and do them. But what we don't realize is God is pulling us. And so every time when you sit still and every time when you're driving or wherever you are and you feel like, man, you know, I don't have a lot of friends or man, I don't have this going on or man, you know, I'm not connected with a lot of people. That's the Lord calling you to a deeper relationship, to a deeper relationship. That's the Lord moving you to say, come my way. And that's your soul crying out. But you are determined to do something different. Yes. God loves you. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. Here's something, here's something, here's something, here's something, here's something, here's something. Ah. Mm. Who in here ever experienced somebody really loving them? And understand that that person just always won't be with you. Some of you, they love you so much, you're like, can they stop calling me all the time? But all it comes down to, they want to be with you so badly that they're calling you all the time. They want to spend time with you because they enjoy you. They love you. 
that can't even compare to how God feel about you. Amen. He's calling you all the time. He's wanting to sit down with you all the time. He's wanting to fellowship with you all the time. He's just wanting to be with you all the time. And I believe sometimes what we're saying is, I know God, I know you love me. Just give me a moment here. I know you love me more than anybody else, God. I know I can always count on you, but just give me a moment here. God is calling us to deeper relationship with him. I don't want you to take this message today in the wrong way. I want you to take it the right way. God wants you to know how desperately he wants to be with us. How desperately he wants to spend time with us. How desperately he wants to put stuff in us because we have no idea the things that's getting ready to take us over. And God is saying, I want to prepare you for what's getting ready to happen. I want to make sure you're good so when all these things happen, you will not be moved. What the Bible says, they that build their house upon the sand, when the storms come and the winds come, guess what? Their house is going to fall. But they that build their house upon the rock, when the winds blow and the storm come and the rain beat against it, it will stand strong because it's built upon the rock. And what God is trying to make sure His children are is built upon the rock. There's going to come storms and winds and rain. There's going to come situations and trials that's going to try to take you out of God. That's going to try to destroy you. And God is calling you to a higher place. God is calling you to a deeper relationship to son and daughter I want you to know I love you so much I don't want anything to happen to you I don't want anything to take you out of the game I don't want anything to destroy you and so I'm calling you to a deeper relationship I'm calling you so we can be closer so nothing can take you out God help us God help us that yearning is not for social media Oh, my God. The yearning is for a deeper relationship. Your soul is crying out. Your soul is saying, God, oh, I want more of you. But we're filling our soul with things that cannot help our soul. We're giving our soul to eat things that the soul can't eat. But if we will give the soul what is intended for the soul to have, we will see. We will become giants in God. We will become the sons and daughters that will say, God, I know I'm your child because nothing will move me. Nothing can take me out. Our soul can only be fed by the things of God. Only the things of God can feed our soul. And so while we might not have realized or recognized that, that, that yearning that we have when we're sitting alone in our bedroom, that yearning that we have when we're driving alone, that yearning that we have when we're on our lunch break at work, that yearning we have that when we have a moment by ourselves to jump on Facebook, to jump on social media, that yearning is not for us to do that. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just telling you, begin to pay close attention to the Lord and realize that opportunity, those moments that you get, 
It's for you and God to connect. It's for you and God to go deeper. It's your soul crying out, say, God, I want more of you because I'm not satisfied. I need more. I'm not satisfied. That's your soul crying out. It's your soul crying out. All the extracurricular activities that we've got ourselves in. It's our soul crying out saying, God, oh, will you touch me? Will you bless me? Our soul is crying out, but we're giving our soul something else. Now, you're not doing it on purpose. You're not doing it because you're trying to be malicious to your God. You just didn't understand what was going on. And so I'm here this morning to tell you what God wants you to know. Your soul is hungering and thirsting of the God. Your soul is doing that. But since you didn't understand it, you find yourself using something else to fulfill that void that you think you have. But only Jesus Christ can fill that void. Only Jesus Christ can make up the hedges. Only Jesus Christ can do the things that need to be done. And so whatever you're feeling, however it's going, Understand, the Lord is trying to bring you in. The Lord is trying to do something. Don't you think it's your fleshly desires? Don't you think it's something that's from this world that you need to do? No, it's Jesus that's calling you. It's Jesus that's reaching for you. It's your soul saying, I need the creator of my soul. I need the one who calls me to live, to come in my soul. That's what your soul is saying. I need him that can feed me. I don't need anything else. I need him that can feed me. That's who I'm relying on. That's who I need. It's the one that can feed me. Not the one that all can't give me what I need. Mm. Our soul is crying out. Our soul is asking for the one that can take care of him. It's the only one. Jesus is the only one that can take care of your soul. And we can't any longer try to uh, use whatever we, we, we get our hands on or try to get involved. And uh, I, I, was, I was talking to my barber yesterday, and, and this made sense. You know, he's got a nice daughter, and she's really smart, really intelligent. And the other day, he felt like her grades dropped, and he was wondering, why did her grades drop? Because she's smart. Nothing changed. She had changed school, but her, but you know, it's, it wasn't that different. But her grades dropped, and so he realized. He said, "You know what? I got to do. I got to take away some things because she's involved in this, and she's involved in this, and involved in this." He said, "I got to get a couple of those things out of her life because maybe she's just overwhelmed with stuff." Her grades dropped, and so our grades is dropping when we're trying to do all of this and all of that. Oh, man. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. I remember there were times where I felt like this. That busyness means, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it done. Amen. The, the young people got something right, but they don't have it all the way right. They need that balance. Here's what they have right. They're the ones that created this whole thing about let's work smarter, not harder. They did. That, that, that came from them. So you can't take it away from them. You talk to young people right now. They said, I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. People like me and some of you, we know hard work, man. Hard work. Can't be lazy. Hard work. Amen. Well, there's something in between. We're not all the way right about what we're saying. Hard work, hard work, hard work. And they're not all the way right about just got to work smarter. There's somewhere in between. And so there's somewhere in between. We have to realize that we need to not deceive ourselves in thinking, oh, if I do a whole lot, it means I'm busy. 
It means I'm not idle. means I'm all right. But you can be busy doing nothing. You can be busy doing things that will amount to nothing. Not. And that's one of the things that I worry about is, are we going to get busy? What am I doing? Is it going to, is it going to be worth anything 20 years from now, 30 years from now? Is it going to be meaningful five years from now? Or I'm just doing this just to pass some time because, hey, you know, it feels good. The blessed life. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not blessed are they who attend church service. Not blessed are they who read their Bible. Not blessed are they who, whatever you want to fill it in with. Now, don't get me wrong. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will come to church. Don't get it twisted now. If you hunger and thirst of reading your Bible, you will read your Bible. What I'm saying is we can read our Bible but not be hungering and thirsting. We can come to church but not be hungering and thirsting. We can do things that seem to be godly, but we're not hungering and thirsting. We're just doing it because we know it's right. We're just doing it because it looked presentable. We're just doing it because, yeah, we should, but we're not hungering and thirsting. That's why we're doing it. Because if you do it with hunger and thirst... As opposed to just do it, it's a whole different ball game, baby. If I'm doing it with hunger and thirst, I hate to step on your toes, but here it goes. If I'm doing it with hunger and thirst, if church starts 10 o'clock, I'm coming at 9.30. If church starts 10.30, I'm coming at 10 o'clock. You know why? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm not just doing this. I'm going all the way. I'm not trying to step on your toes. But I take myself back to when I first went to church. Oh, baby, I want Jesus, man. I can't. I wanted Jesus so bad. I told you this before, but some of you didn't hear. So let me say it again. I wanted Jesus so badly that on the fourth Sunday when our choir sang, we didn't have robes back then. Our choir wore all black. And that's what we sang in the choir, all black. I wasn't in the choir. But I loved everything about God. Man, it was for Sunday. I came to my black. If you didn't know any better, you're like, oh, he must be in the choir. I wasn't in no choir. I just was so hungry. I was so hungry. I'm like, God, I want everything you've got. And so I came to church on my fourth Sunday in my all black, black suit, black tie, black black shirt, everything. Let's rock. And the choir was up on the platform singing. I'm in the back just, just rocking to the Lord. I'm just loving God in the back because I was hungry. And I'm preaching you today and to myself. Are you still that hungry, brother? Are you still that hungry? Because if you're not that hungry, you better go back to that place where you get hungry like that. Where you get more hungry because hunger will cause you to be blessed. Hunger is a whole different ball game. Are, Are you the one that's storing up the information? That was a big one. We come and we just get the information. We store it. Okay. Good factual stuff there, brother. You didn't do bad. Yeah, but we walk out just with factual information, waiting for the time that we can throw it out. But we didn't get it to make it change our life. 
Blessed is the man or woman who is always desiring righteousness with an unquenchable longing and not turning aside. Are you longing for it? Are you desiring for it and not turning aside? I'm telling you, I know that the Lord directed me strongly in this area. We have to go back to being hungry. We're not hungry. As a matter of fact, I'll go as far as to tell you. We always read about miracles in foreign countries and we don't read about them in America as much. Now, is miracles going on, miracles going on in America just like foreign country? Yes. But there's more miracles we read about and hear about in the foreign country. They don't have all the stuff that we have. Amen. Now, unfortunately, they're getting up to speed. Because, you know, Facebook wasn't always in some of the third world country, but it is now. And so, unfortunately, it's getting there. But a lot of foreign countries right now, they don't have all the things at hand. You know, you know we always uh, laugh at um, uh, what, what we call in America soccer, but it's football. We always laugh about that, how they go crazy in Europe for football. Why? Because they don't have a, they don't have hockey and baseball and they don't have all this stuff. College football. They don't have all that. But they got is soccer. Football. So they lose their minds for it. You see? The options are less. As a matter of fact, let me just go into this and tell you real quick. You know why the Bible says hard for a rich man to go to heaven? God God didn't tell you that if you shouldn't be rich. He wants you to be rich. But what he's worrying about is you get rich, you got too many options, and that's what's going to take you out. Amen. You get rich, you have too many options. Oh, what will I do today? Amen. And every day you wake up, you have options because you're rich. So God knows what he's talking about. He's, he's, he's not telling you that a rich man can't go to heaven. He's just telling you, be careful, because when you get rich, you get a whole lot of options and you can get anything you want in this world. And so that's what riches does to you. And that's why it's important as a Christian that you want to live kind of modest. Amen. Now, you know why modesty is important, because modesty slow down options. Right. I talked to a preacher one day, good friend of mine. <laughs> I'd like to talk to him now. Listen to this. I don't know if I should share this with you, but I'll share it with you anyhow. But a good friend of mine, he started two churches. The second one he started, he left with someone else and went to headquarters. And so now, the other day, a church voted him in, their pastor, while he was at headquarters. So he resigned the headquarters position. Now he's pastoring a church in Florida. I remember him telling me years ago, he says, brother, here's a good way to look at things. He says, if the day ever come where you have to get a salary from the church because that's your only job. He said, understand what you and your family will need to live and put a limit on it, put a cap on it. He said, if, if $60,000, because you should, you should try your best not to have a whole lot of outstanding debt or anything. He said, just get yourself in a place where if 60000 or 65000 is what you know that can make you and your family live comfortable, don't ever change it. Doesn't matter how big the church gets. Because some pastors, church start getting bigger, they start taking a raise. I'm going down the wrong road. <laughs> well, I can't help sometimes to tell you the truth. 
You, you got to be careful. There are pastors that start out just like we are. Boys, pray for me. Because I know everybody started out right and started out with the right mindset. And I know they didn't start out trying to do wrong. I know they didn't. But different things start happening. I pray to God, man. I'd rather throw the mic at some one of y'all. Y'all pass the church if I think it's going to go wrong. Because I'm, I'm not trying to mess up God's stuff. That's the last one I'm trying to mess up his stuff. I mess up your stuff and my stuff. But I ain't messed up Jesus' stuff. But, but, but it's not smart that as the church grow bigger. Because it's, it's, it's corporate America mentality. Right. So as 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 you are like, for instance, you know, if you're like the CEO or you're the vice president or something and you all were able to to to, to do good in the company, the company revenue start, you know, increasing Oh, revenue increase. I need to get up. Huh. But in truth, in truth, and this is not um, try to uh, point fingers at nobody. But if, if, if we're going to really do what God wants us to do, what do I care if the church revenue go from 100000 to, you know, 300000 what, what difference should it make to me? Shouldn't. If, if I'm living off of 60000 that's been good for me and my family, it doesn't matter what the church get to. And so my friend Jimmy Tony told me, that's how you want to do it. Now, he passed from the church. The church that they um, just voted me in, that church is loaded. I want to talk to him now. I'm going to tease him. Say, dude, you're passing a big time church now. Did you change your salary? <laughs> him and I can talk like that. Did you change your salary, Jimmy? <laughs> oh, find out if Jimmy changed his salary on us because he's making big money now. Hope not. But it's important to understand that riches gives you opportunity. And it leads you down the wrong path as opposed to you being able to be focused and not be distracted because of all your options. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. I don't have much time more. I'm going to be done. Blessed means happy or, or favored are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Happy or favored are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Before you feel good about that, I want you to think about this. Happy and favored is probably just those words are being used so we can have an understanding. But that's not really what the Bible wants us to understand from blessed or they who hunger and thirst. When it says blessed, it's not just talking about happy. Because as you know, you can be happy today and sad tomorrow. So that can't be it. Favored can't be it because you see sometimes that everybody walk around and some people you say, how are they favored by God? I'm blessed and highly favored. And you saying, man, you ain't been to church about six weeks, but you blessed and highly favored. That's how you think it in your mind. You didn't say it. And so you're wondering how can people be blessed and highly favored when you killing it and you doing everything you can. How in the world they get the same blessing, highly favored that you got? Mm. You don't have to say it. I know what's going on in your mind. Because that's a tough one. We all want to feel like we're blessed and highly favored no matter how much time we put in. No matter how much we do, we still want to feel blessed and highly favored, but that's not how it goes. I'm going to break it down for you in a second, and we're going to get out of here in a second. Blessedness is a deeper word than happiness. Blessedness implies more heavenly affection, a deeper, holier joy. Blessedness is inward and abiding 
It stays with you. Outward prosperity cannot make you bless. Nor can adversity take away your blessedness. When you are blessed by God, it doesn't matter what you're going through. That will never leave you. Good fortune doesn't mean that you're blessed and highly favored. Can I let you in a secret real quick before I go back to that? The Bible says, Bring ye your tithes and offering into the storehouse. And I will pour you out a blessing if you bring your tithes and offering. That's what God says. And I will pour you out a blessing. And then he says, and I will cause the canker worm and the pommel worm and the caterpillar not to eat away your goods. If you, if you give tithes and offering into the house of the Lord, financially, you're going to be blessed. And you can live like a heathen. I'm just show you how God operates because we confuse it sometimes. We confuse doing God, doing what God said with blessed and highly favored. And that's what I'm trying to point out to you. So if I do what he says about giving tithes and offering, I am blessed financially. Financially, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be alright. But that doesn't mean spiritually I'm gonna be alright. The mob knew that a long time ago. Y'all know about the mob? The mob knew that. They always gave money to the church. They'd be heathens, crooked, and killing people. And be like, bring some money to the church. They don't care that they killed a lot of people. They bring some money to the church. Because they understood the concept. That is not about me being good to be blessed financially. It's me giving that makes me blessed financially. So, so there are times when there are things going on in our life that's good and we're confusing it with blessedness when all it is is we followed what the Lord said about something and he's making good because God will never break his promise. God will never not do what he said he would do. So if he says you give and I'll give to you, then if you give, he will give to you no matter how you want to live. Mm-hmm. Good fortune is not blessedness. Blessedness is the gift of God. What he gives cannot be taken away by chances and changes of this mortal life. So when God bless you, nothing changes that in this life. When you're blessed, nobody could do anything about it. Nothing can stop that blessing. Nobody could do anything to you to stop you from being blessed. When God says, I bless you, nobody can interfere with that. Nobody can stop it. As a matter of fact, when God bless you, people become jealous of you. I, I know when people are blessed. When people are blessed, people start saying, I can't stand them. And when you ask them, well, why you can't stand them? I don't know. They just think like, they just act like, no, it's blessings from God that's operating their life. And you're looking at them like, why? But the bottom line is you, you can't stop God's blessing in somebody's life. It's crazy how we think sometimes that we can determine who is blessed and who's not. Because we saw their error and we saw their mistakes. Man, don't we understand Oh, man, do we know who at night get down on their knees 
Do we know who in the morning get down on their knees? Do we know in the afternoon who get down on their knees and say, God, oh wretched man as I am, I've sinned against you. Will you blot out my sins? Will you purge me from iniquities? Will you forgive me of my sins and create me a clean heart, a pure heart? God, I realize the errors of my ways and I surrender to you and I commit my life to you. Will you do what you must in me that I'll be right with you? You at their bedside? Did you see them do that? So why are you judging them? So why are you thinking that, oh, they can't be blessed? Why are you thinking that that can't happen for them when you don't know if they got down on their knees and did that? I don't understand why we do that. We don't know who got down and begged God and prayed and cried out because their soul began to receive conviction and they realized that they've done wrong and they're crying out to God and they went to God and we're still looking at them talking about, I don't know how they think they bless. Please, last week they did this. That was last week. My buddy Myron, Myron Weidman said one time, if all people can talk about is your past, it must mean you're doing good right now because there ain't nothing new for them to talk about. I said, come on, Myron. If they keep talking about last week or last year or yesteryear, you just laugh and smile. I said, well, I must be doing all right because they ain't talking about today. Because if I was so messed up, I would, they'd be talking about my today. But they're talking about my yesterday and my last week when I've already repented and asked God's forgiveness. And God is working in my life. Oh, God, I thank you for your goodness. Blessedness is not an outward ornament of life. It is a man's own. Whatever God gives to you, that's yours. It's, it came from God. For God has given it to you. It is in the heart, wrought with the inner being. It is holy, it is spiritual, and it is heavenly. Blessings is not just being happy. It's not just being favored by God. Can I just throw this in real quick? The only... Word, only the word of God can satisfy the hunger of the soul. And only the Holy Ghost can satisfy the thirst of the soul. That was the little throwing God gave me. So, so when you're, when you're hungry spiritually, your soul is hungry, nothing will be able to feed that soul but the word of God. When you're thirsty spiritually in your soul, nothing can quench that thirst but the Holy Spirit. We'll work on that another time. I don't have time to expound on that one if you didn't catch it. Righteousness. The Bible says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. So we've gone through blessedness. We've gone through what the soul needs. This is what we need to hunger and thirst after. Righteousness. What is righteousness? Holy and upright living in accordance with God's standard. The word righteousness comes from a root word that means straightness. It refers to the state that conforms to a, a authoritative standard. Righteousness is a moral concept. God's character is the definition and source of all righteousness. Therefore, a man's righteousness is defined in terms of God's righteousness. So none of us are righteous. Only God is righteous. Romans chapter 4 verse 3 says this. For what saith the scripture? 
Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Remember I told you? Believe is an action word. So when Abraham believed God, he obeyed God. And that's how he became righteous. We're striving for obedience to God's word so we can become righteous. The hunger is obedience to God so we can be filled. The hunger is righteousness that we're striving for. Now that's tough. Because God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. As a matter of fact, I was at Mercer County Friday night and I told him, I said, listen, until you realize that usually the, the, right, the ways of God are usually uncomfortable to us. When you feel like, oh, this is, mm, I know this God, you're probably wrong. Because you're saying I know this God because it feels good to you. And if God's ways are not our ways, why should it feel good to us? Usually when it's God, you're like, ah, ah, here it goes. When God is working in your life, it's uncomfortable. When God is working in your situation, it's uncomfortable. It's never comfortable when God is having his way in your life. That's why he says that he is the potter and we are the clay. So he's shaping us. He's making us into what we need to be. And if you're going to shape something and make it, it puts a lot of stress on you. And so when God's hand is on you, making you and molding you and shaping you, it puts stress in your life because it's not normal to you. It's not the way you are. To go, but God is taking you in the way that's best for you. I can say it, and I hope you can say it. Man, when God's starting to do stuff in my life, I'm just like, ah, here you go, Lord. I'm saying it right now because I'm going through a situation where God is having his way and it's very uncomfortable. I'm just like, man, God, this is uncomfortable. And he smiled, just trust me. When did I ever uh, uh, not bring you through? When I never fixed you up and made sure you was good? Never, Lord, but I just don't like the process. You got to be, listen, I had that kind of conversation with God. I don't like the process, God. You like the process, good for you. (laughs) I don't like this process, you know, because we built up who we are as humans. And so we have our own way now. Now God is saying, well, when you're all messed up in the garden, go talk to, when you get to heaven, talk to Adam. Because he was the one that caused you to have different kind of ways to go. And I got to be bending you back to my way. Adam caused that. So get with Adam when you get to heaven. If, 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 if You know, for some of us that like to know, I want to know. Well, get to heaven, sister. And you will know. Because you're going to get into Adam's face. Yo, man, what happened? <laughs> the cross of Jesus is a public demonstration of God's righteousness. God's account or God's transfer of righteousness unto Christ is now available to us. So God's righteousness can be transferred to us when we walk in obedience. So if we're going to be righteous and we're going to experience the blessings of God, we have to hunger and thirst after obeying God. I'm going to stop right here. I'm not even going to go too much further. Stand with me.
Can I tell you this? Most apostolic churches that you go to like this one. This is an apostolic church. To be honest with you, there's no other church but an apostolic church. We can talk about that off air. But the, 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 the implementation, the establishment of church, there was only one church established in the Bible. Just go read Acts chapter 1. There's no other church. So every, we can call ourselves whatever we want. We can call ourselves all kinds of things. But if we don't walk in the teachings of what the first church preached and taught, then we're not really a part of the church, right? We're striving, but we're not there yet. So there's only one church. There's only one church, and that's the, the, the apostolic church. And most apostolic churches that you go to, they have what we like to call a formal altar call. I'm letting you in behind the curtains now. And so even last week you saw it. We had a preacher, and he says, I want you all to come to the altar. And you probably realize I don't do that a lot. You know why I don't do that a lot? Because of what I just preached today. It's always been my, I don't know what that was, and I, I, I wish I was different in that way. I'd be wanting to call altar call all the time. I do. But somehow God has placed me in a place where he's saying, Wayne, you know people. If they're hungry for me, they will come. You can't make them come. And if you make them come, they come and just go through the formula, the, 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 the form of whatever they need to go through, and they go back in their seat, Wayne. So don't even bother doing That's just how I feel God is dealing with me. That's why I never say, come on, unless the Lord prompt me to tell you to come on. I usually don't do that because blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So depending on your hunger is what's going to drive you to your knees, to the altar, behind, on the wall, out the door, whatever. Whatever it is that you do next, it's your hunger that determines that. And I've always known that. And I've always known the only way something will change in all of our lives is if we are hungering and thirsting after God. Is if we're willing to say, God, I have to do something today. And that's just how I feel. Now, Lord, straighten me out if I'm wrong about that. But I always felt that way. And so I never really try to call uh, altar calls because I'm saying, if you're hungry, you'll come. If God has moved on you, and I watched today, God has moved on people, and people responded. God already moved on people, and people respond. And so moving forward, you just know what I'm thinking when I'm preaching, that if you're hungry, you're going to respond. Amen. I got old. I had more stuff to preach. I'm not even preaching that anymore. I'm done. All I wanted you to know is God wants us to know. And what he showed me last week while I'm preaching about this, he says, Wayne, look, hungry people leave blessed. People that listen and obtain factual information and, and, and knowledge, they leave with information and knowledge. But hungry people respond because they're hungry. And when you're hungry, embarrassment don't even count. Because when you're hungry, you don't care. You're going to beg. When you're hungry, you're going to go wherever the food is. When you're hungry, you're going to do whatever it takes. Can I even get deep down with you? When you're hungry and it ain't being and no food given to you at your church, you're going to change church. Amen. You know, I'm telling you the truth. If you're in a church and you feel like I'm not being fed, you're leaving eventually. If you're hungry, though, that's if you're hungry. If you're not hungry, then you just keep going through the motion. But if you're hungry, wherever you are, if you ain't getting fed, you're leaving. And you know what I told somebody a long time ago? These people that we're going to the banquet. I told them a long time ago, the sheep follow who is feeding them. Amen. If you know anything about the dogs, I remember being back home in Jamaica. Listen, 
The dog run through every house, not the loudest. Or every place or the loudest or every pot is the loudest. They know that's where the food is. And if the dog live at your house, but you ain't feeding, when they hear the pots of the neighbors, they run into the neighbor's house. That's always been the case. Wherever the food is, the hungry people go. If you're hungry, you will go. God says you will be blessed. When you're hungry and thirst. But if you want information, you won't be blessed. Because that's the other part of it. He said, if you hunger and thirst, I will feed you. You will be filled. That's what he said. God, think about our loving God. Think about our loving God. You think he's going to let you walk around hungry and be like, I'm dying, I'm hungry. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't have nothing for you. You think our loving God that went to the cross will do something like that? So he says, if you're hungry, he will fill you. Are you hungry today? Are you hungry for righteousness? Are you hungry for the Lord? Are you hungry for the word of God? Are you hungry to say, God, I need my soul to be fed. I need my soul to be different and to be transformed and to be able to receive the things of the heavens. I am hungry, Lord. I am hungry. And I pray right now that somebody that is hungry will come out of themselves and not let their flesh trap them. Because your flesh is only a trap. I know we look beautiful. And I know we're all pretty and everything like that. And we walk in this flesh. But let me tell you something. Your flesh is not your friend. Your flesh is not the one that's going to do you right. Your flesh is selfish and only want what it wants. And so the one that you need to cater to is the one that's inside the flesh, which is called the soul. That's the one that you want to take care of because that one is right because that one came from God himself. Oh my God. God is trying to help you today. You got to step out of that flesh. That flesh is trapping you. That flesh is no good to us. Oh, that flesh even gets sick and and wear us down and get us tired. That flesh uh, need medicine and all this stuff. That flesh, uh, we got to divorce our flesh. Uh, We need it to get around and we need it uh, to do what we got to do. But I want you to think today from this day on uh, that you will think about your soul. uh, That you will feed that inner man. That you will give your inner man uh, unto the Lord uh, and say, God, uh, this is the one uh, that I need feeding uh, for this one can from you and this is the one that will live eternally I've neglected my soul for too long but from this moment on now that my soul is awakened to the things of God and the things of heaven today God I say feed my soul for my soul needs the food the bread of life my soul needs you and if my soul will have you my soul will perish and so I come before you today Lord and I say, feed my soul. The more the soul is fed, the stronger that soul become. I don't want my flesh to be the one that's strong. I want my soul to be strong. I don't want the flesh to dominate. But I want my soul that is fed with the word of God to be that which dominate me. To be the one that is strong in me. Somebody lift your hands unto the Lord and tell him today, 
Oh, when you go before the Lord and be honest with Him and tell Him you have not been hungry. You have not seek after Him as a hungry soul. You have not come after Him for Him to feed your soul. But today you have heard the word of the Lord and from this day forth I'm coming at you God for you to feed my soul. I'm coming at you God that my inner man will become the one that's strong and not the outer man in the name of Jesus. Lord, today I pray that somebody will hunger and thirst at the righteousness that somebody will hunger and thirst for you, O God. I pray that somebody, God, will do whatsoever it takes. They will do whatsoever it takes to say, God, I need your food. I need the spiritual food. I need spiritual food. Somebody cry out to God today. Somebody surrender to God today and say, God, feed my soul. Feed my soul. Feed my soul. For my soul cry out. My soul cry out. And I will not feed my soul anything from this world. I'm feeding my soul only from the things of heaven. I want my soul to be fed. I want my soul to take pleasure in you, Lord. Will you feed my soul? I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I'm starving. God, feed my soul in the name of Jesus. I want to be hungry. I want to thirst. I want to hunger only after the things of the kingdom and no longer be inundated with the things of this world and no longer allow my flesh to be consuming of all the things of this world. I want my spirit. I want my soul to be fed on the bread of life, the word of God. The Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, today I pray that you will deliver, deliver us, Lord God, from all the things that is not profitable unto my soul. Deliver us, Lord God, from the things that are hindrances to our soul. Take out of our life, Lord God, the things that will get into the way of us hungering and thirsting after you, O God. Get them out of our life, Lord God. Destroy those things that are in our life that is not profitable. That is a hindrance for today, Lord God. We need to get to a place in you where the soul will eat, where the soul will eat, where the soul will desire the things of the kingdom of God. Today, Lord Jesus, will you do a work in us? Will you do a work in us? For Lord, we cannot really be blessed until we hunger and thirst after righteousness. And so today, Today, Lord God, we ask you to move on us. We ask you, Lord God, to touch us. We ask you, Lord God, to not let us leave out of here just with factual information. It's not just good. It's not good enough for just leaving here with factual information. But God, we allow us to leave today blessed. I want to leave here blessed. I want to leave here blessed. Not with just factual information, Lord God. Not with my intellect being fed. But I want to leave here today, Lord God. Oh, Father, with my soul being blessed. There's hunger in you, and God is feeding your soul. God said, the more of me you get, the more of me you will want. Keep on eating, my daughter. Keep on seeking after me. Lay aside everything that is not of me. Lay aside everything that's not of me. Lay it aside, and 
then come to me. Uh, sit at my table. I will feed you. Uh, I will take care of you. Uh, don't you worry about a thing. Uh, I am in charge. Uh, and if you let me, I will show you my great power in your life. Uh, I will lead you in places where you're never gone uh, in me. Uh, I will show you that I am the Lord and I love you. Uh, I change not. Uh, I am he that blesses. Uh, I am he that builds up and strengthens in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Oh, God has given you a hunger. That deep desire that is in you came from God. It came from God. You didn't understand it, but God is the one that's driving you, that's moving you. He says, now eat, my daughter. Now eat the food which is spiritual. The bread of life, now eat. Now drink. Now drink and eat from the table of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God. Oh God. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In the name of Jesus. 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 Ah. Yeah. Ah. God says. Will you let him? We will let him. We will let him. Oh, he will be the one to sustain you. He will be the one to bind up your wound. He will be the one to mend your broken heart. He will be the one to give you peace like you've never had. Oh, he wants to give you peace greater than you've ever experienced in your life. He said, I am the Lord. You come to my table. You come to my table. You let me feed you. You let me feed you. You let me take care of you. Oh, that you you will be blessed. I called you to be blessed. I bring you to my kingdom for any other thing but to bless you. I brought you to my kingdom to bless you. Now will you let me bless you? Now will you let me take care of you? <laughs> oh, oh, God wants to take care of you. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. I love you with an everlasting love. I love you with an everlasting love. Now let me take care of you. Oh, yes, Lord. Sit at my table. Sit at my table. Sit at my table and don't you worry. Sit at my table and don't you worry. In the name of Jesus. 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 Let me take care of you. Oh, my child. Your soul has yearned for me. I've showed you today that deep yearning you had. At times you knew it, but at times you didn't know. But the Lord has come to tell you today, that was your soul crying out for Him. That was your soul crying out for Him. And He says, I've let you made, I've made you aware now. I've made you aware now. Now sit. Now eat. Now feast. Let your soul feast on me. For I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Don't you think about anything else. He says, don't think about anything else. You can't control. Forget about those things that you're trying to figure out and try to have control over. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. For His name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life that you may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God has spoken. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, Jesus, I love you, God. I love you. I bless your name, Lord God, and I give you the honor and the praise. You are the King, eternally mortal, the only wise God. Oh, God, I surrender to you all of my heart, all of my life. I can do nothing, but you are all-powerful. You're all-knowing, Lord God. You're all-present. And today, Lord God, I surrender. My soul, surrender. God, this soul that you have established and created in us, we, we want you to feed the soul. Our soul, Lord God, will perish if you don't feed it. And God, we don't want to get in the way anymore. We've gotten in the way so many times of you feeding the soul. You reach for us, Lord God, and we reach for something else. But today, Lord God, our soul cries out. And our soul says, yes, will you have your way? Take ye our soul, Lord God, for we love you. Have your way, Lord God. God, our hunger will be to worship you. Our hunger will be to praise you. Our hunger will be, Lord God, to satisfy you. Our hunger will be, Lord God, to honor you. Our hunger will be to obey you from this day on, Lord God. You made us aware, Lord God, and now, oh God, we will sit at your table and we will eat. You said, behold, you stand at the door and knock. God, as you knock today, we let you in. We let you in. We let you in. Come on in, God. Come in, Lord God, and fix the table for we will sit with you, Lord God, and we will sup with you, Lord God. We will sit at your table and we will let you feed us, Lord God. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, God. I pray today, Lord Jesus, that each and every person in this congregation will seek after you, will hunger after you, will thirst after you, more than anything else in their life. That Lord, if we have to fast from all the things that are distractions, God, move on us that we will fast from all the distractions. That our soul can be the central focus. Ah, somebody. God wants your soul to be the central focus. Remove some things out of the way. Fast from some things. Uh, you're going to have to fast your way out of this. Uh, you're going to have to set some things aside and don't mess with them anymore. You're going to have to lay aside the weights. Uh, you're going to have to lay aside some of the things that, that has gotten in your way so your soul can be the central focus. Lord, we appreciate your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, and your love. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.